0: Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Somewhat Damaged. I'm your host, Greg Alperin. With me, as always, John B. This week, we welcome back to the show a pal, a guy who spent 11 days in the White House, Anthony Scaramucci. Buckle up. This one's going to be fun. Unhinged.
1: Hey
2: oh, shit! Holy oh, shit! It's Scarbucci. It this is, is so awesome. Good.
0: Well, you're very dressed up. We this are very under, like... we are very underdressed.
2: No,
1: I got a, I got a real job. I'm not a billionaire. <laughs>
2: <like you. laughs> oh my god!
0: How you doing, man? Been a while.
1: I'm doing great. You look great. Everything good?
0: Everything is good. We're we're just, just living like... the dream over here.
1: I like the atmospherics i you like your well. you look well
0: i like your superman poster
1: thank you yeah like i had to have to throw some i mean i got this boring office and you know, i had to throw something up there you know what i mean yeah, well, uh, that's that's not superman uh-huh. that's that's Muhammad Ali, isn't it yeah the, the superman's on the other side see, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see? let me just change this thing. look at that can you see it now look Here. at that Ooh, are you a fancy. comic are you just you just like superman or you're a comic yeah, I like person. superman i'm a big superman guy are you
2: yeah.
0: Oh, I got some stuff for you then.
2: Well, here's the thing. I mean, listen. Are you a superman uh, they, guy? I they just no. put it out though, about that Superman is bisexual now. That's awesome. I love super, that. Not super. I mean,
1: look, I don't care. I mean, do you care about people's sexuality? I could care less. You know? I care
2: less as well. I think it's I a display. Don't be in
1: the closet. That's my thing. You know, if you're gay, get out of the closet. And enjoy life. You know what I mean? Who gives sure. shit?
2: It's tough for some people to get ripped out of I got closet. it. Particularly
1: uh, p- p- particularly people that are uh my era you're born in the 1960s it's hard for people you know what i mean but by 2000 people should get relaxed you know yeah my, i mean
2: as somebody who's uh still closet to my parents yeah it's still tough because they're from that era do you know what i mean i mean oh, I'm so out you're, in my
1: industry, you, you're you out of the closet to your friends but not your parents yeah correct okay correct. but how yeah. how but i mean you know your mother probably knows anyway
2: though no I don't know. Like recently it's been like, she was asking me like all this. She's like, uh, she was asking, she's like, oh, I saw your credit card statement. Like, who are you going out to dinner with all these? I was like, friends. And uh, (laughs) I kind of, I I don't know if she knows, but like, you know, I come from a, 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 a catholic family filipino you know i'm second generation here so it's uh there's that fear obviously you she, know what
1: i mean she, she knows just get out of the- you 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 want a, you want a great book i'll give you uh, go go buy yourself the velvet rage one of my friends wrote that book about living in the closet and the trepidations and the fear your mother loves you. Tell her the truth. You know, you got, you got raised Catholics. So you probably have anxiety about it. Just tell her oh the my truth. God, yeah. It's worse than Jewish right. guilt. Right. No, I got it. This is cool. You know, I'm so excited to be talking to you. Uh, I'm, I'm, thrilled, I'm thrilled to be on you. got to call me Anthony, Anthony. And yes, my, Anthony. My, my, my chief of staff is gay. My nephew is gay. And I'm very proud to tell you that with my help, I got them forward on it and they're living great lives. So they interview. looking. I mean, what's the deal?
2: What they look like? I mean, Are they good looking? Yeah, come yeah. on, bring your chief of staff in. Come on.
0: <laughs> John, pull it away from your mouth a little bit.
2: Joe, Got
1: bring it. it. In for a second, this guy still in the closet. I want.
0: To... <laughs> 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 well, what that also means is John's parents don't listen to the show.
2: No, they do not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay. My mom doesn't either. My mom doesn't
2: even know my phone
1: number. All right, so meet Joe. See Joe, when did you come out of the closet, Joe? Um wow, twenty ooh, 20, 2009. nine. Two
2: thousand
1: nine? Yeah. Mm. So look at that. He's had I great, mean, yeah. hey, what's he's up? Had a great I mean, he's had a great twelve years. Okay. Am I right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what do you, you don't want to live in a fucking cloud? Come out of the fucking closet, enjoy yourself. Okay. Do it. More fun over here. 100. God, sure, Anthony. Jeez. All right. I'm just trying to give you, I'm just trying to give you some fucking thoughtful, loving it. advice.
2: Okay? I, I mean, I can't it. tell I you,
0: you it. that John's not lacking the fun. That much I could tell you.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, He's you can catch me every Friday, yourself. Saturday in <laughs> Hell's Kitchen. Don't, I don't, don't get me wrong. I'll be out there fucking having a blast.
0: Anyway, so have you spent the last, I don't know, 13 months.
1: Well, I got my ass kicked in uh, March of 2020. And so I dropped 25% of the value in my fund. So that's taking you back 19 months. And it was obliterating. And then you had the stress and anxiety of living in the pandemic. And now I'm trying to operate the business from my basement over Zoom and cell phone calls. And I had to shut my office. And then, you know, there was a crisis of communication with some of my vendors, and so I got fired by like a few of the wirehouses because our performance stunk. Um, but it was frankly a technical glitch. You know, it right. was a technical overselling and panic, and the stuff was very cheap, and it was going to come back if people were patient. So uh, from that day, 19 months later, we're up about 52 percent. Yeah, it's crazy. We're up 23 percent this year. And I think there's learning lessons in that. You know, people that are uh investors, you got to stay long term. Everybody's a long term investor guys until they have short term losses. Totally. When they have short term losses, they set the hair on fire, they run around in a circle and they drive each other crazy. And you don't you don't want to do that. You know what I mean?
0: What what do you think of um like the Robinhoods and all, you know, the couple others and the and the Coinbases that in the last year have exploded with all, you know, these day trader kind of novice investors like do you, are you of the school that those people ultimately are the ones getting going to get hurt unless they're really smart
1: i'm in the uh, i'm in the kathy wood school you know arc asset management yep. i accept that there's some gamification of trading but i actually think these people are way more sophisticated than they give them credit for now having right. said that some of them will get burned some of them will hurt themselves sure. and uh you don't need to. You don't need to hear this story, but I'll share it with you anyway. I am Mr. Know It All. Okay, you see me? Let me just give you my profile. See, <laughs> I'm Mr. Know It All. Okay, and I want to set the scene for you. It's 1991. I'm 27, and I have no biochemistry degree, but I am a biotechnology expert. Okay, and so I'm buying call options on a company called Centicore they're going to cure sepsis and they're going from FDA phase one to phase two. And I got the call options. I think they're going to get to phase two because I'm a genius. Sure. So you know what happens? They go to phase two and I turn my $20,000 into $120,000. Okay. And now I'm a genius. You know, I know everything that there is to know about biotech. So I double (laughs) down and I roll from phase two into phase three. I even fly myself down to the FDA to hear the meeting. Wow. And I'm long the call options. And what do you think happens, guys? They don't get the phase three. Yeah. Okay. And overnight, my position goes to zero and I get a margin call from Goldman Sachs. They say, well, because of the way the options were sequenced and the leverage you were using, you owe us $50,000. And I didn't have the $50,000. And so I desperately burnt myself. Right. And I repaired myself. I got the money. I paid off the margin loan. And it was a better learning experience than going to Harvard or Tufts University or my uncle's motorcycle shop. And I tell you this story because I am 30 years out from that story, recognizing how humbling this is and recognizing how cautious you need to be with your own money and with your client's money. But if you saw Mr. Know-it-all in 1991, okay, I was absolutely dead certain uh, (laughs) with overwhelming conviction. Yeah. And so to me, if some people go through that process on Robinhood, I think it might be beneficial to them. You know, I I don't want people to get hurt, of course, but I think that uh, there's nothing more clarifying than learning on your own money.
2: There was was some fun. I mean, listen, uh, during the pandemic, I mean, the whole idea of, uh, you know, the the Dogecoin as well as things like, uh, you know, AMC, I mean, in June, that was able to pay, like, I put a couple of hundred dollars in that and kind of wrote it out and then pulled it away. And uh, that made some decent money for me. It was better than going down to Atlantic City. I'll tell you that much. And losing my shirt uh, at the Borgata. Yeah.
1: Listen, I'm sure. And uh, you know, I think uh, Dogecoin. I think it. Where did it peak? At like a dollar? Or I, I? I didn't. didn't even go it. to a dollar.
2: Didn't even go yeah. to a dollar. That was the. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was listen, I mean,
1: I mean, you know, I have a, a position in something called Algorand. A L G O. Yep. Sure. Uh, Algorand, I think, has great technical properties, long-term sustainability. It is one-third the market capitalization of Dogecoin. Uh, no billionaire is tweeting about it. Uh, Mark Cuban and Elon Musk, no one's accepting it right now in terms of buying merchandise in the NBA or anything like that. But I do think that platforms will be successfully run on Dogecoin. I mean, I mean, on Algorand. Algorand. I, I don't know if that's going to happen for Dogecoin. I'm just not as familiar with it. Um, my... Uh, Colleagues you had a cute puppy
2: on there. That's the only reason I kind of yeah, went No, I got it. it. And there are colleagues here that it.
1: like Solana. I don't know. Listen, I've heard about that, yeah. I got a I got billion dollars in Bitcoin right now at current prices. And I'm hoping that uh, we've got this right. I'm hoping that the secular trend that we see is something that's going to be
2: um part of our future you know so I, I one of, of my old bosses his name is James Altucher. he uh, he yep. he predicted that uh Bitcoin would be going to a one Bitcoin would be a million. Do you think that's possible?
1: Well I know James very well. I want him to be right on Bitcoin and I want him to be very wrong on New York City. Because you and I both know he wrote an article that New York City was dead. Jerry,
2: Who said that? Yeah, Jerry,
1: Jerry Seinfeld responded to that and said that, uh, you know, we're doing just fine. Thank you. And I hope. Oh, I hope yeah, he, Jerry
2: wrote that from the Hamptons. That's yes. right. That's right.
1: Yes, he wrote yeah, but, the but trust me, he's got a beautiful apartment here in the city.
2: And, oh, the one in the and, Upper West Side that houses all of his cars that I walk by? Yeah, beautiful. Exactly.
1: There you go. <laughs> now, now you know what I'm talking about. Oh, you know. So, no,
2: I have, I have beef with Jerry myself as a comedy <laughs> club owner. <laughs> all right. But, you know,
1: but but here's the thing I would say to you, you know, you must know Mazzelli then. Do you know Mazzelli?
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, he's a buddy of mine from Long Island. Um, yeah, look, here's, here's what I would say to you, you know, I, I can't predict the future. I'm hoping people like James can predict the future. But the... The future is digital. Uh, the future is if we've improved our phone communications, our ability to communicate each, with each other over Zoom. I was telling somebody this morning in 1985 when I was 21 years old, I was waiting online in Italy, in Rome, for a phone booth at the post office. And then what would happen is you go into the phone booth and you wait for an ATT operator and then they tell you, okay, we're going we're gonna to charge you $3 a minute. going to connect you to your mother you ready i say yes and they put the timer on and you hear a beep every 30 seconds then the phone goes dead because you gave them the money you know at the cashier at the post office and today you can just go to the starbucks or the cafe you log into the internet and you can call your mother for no money i think that's going to happen to the financial services industry in our lifetime you know that three percent spread that american express and visa has uh, Their technical properties now, they're going to allow us to do that at no charge, the same way we can do this at no charge, but this was an impossibility in 1985. So so I think James is going to be right. You know, that's real estate. That's digital real estate. That's irreplaceable waterfront property. And uh, I want James to be right because I'm long a lot of that waterfront property. And so I hope he will be. <laughs> I got uh...
0: John, what John was going to say something, but he didn't. Um, Go ahead, so, what were
1: you
2: going to say, Joe? Say it. no, no. I see, I see, I
0: see him thinking. I was going to say anything. I was just excited. <laughs> no, I, I'm excited I, to be with you, Anthony.
2: I, I, I mean, I, I just it. want to show something real quick. You guys can see this. This is you and me uh, a couple of years ago. We were at uh, Rabbi Schmuly's house a couple of years ago. Yes. That whole thing, yeah. But yeah. I remember. remember I, so...
1: I, I told him what an asshole Steve Bannon was. You remember Rabbi sending <laughs> <Yes. Shmuley, laughs> him? What remember he even
2: said the picture under the... Oh, right. remember, remember,
1: I said that this guy is one of the lunatic antichrists of our time. I, you know, my my singular singular achievement on planet Earth thus far, despite the luck of having my children was getting Steve Bannon out of that White House because when my suicide vest was going off, I reached for that son of a bitch and blew him out the fucking front door. You know, but I remember the Rabbi Shmuley conversation. I like Rabbi Shmuley. He's a nice man, but he was very misguided on people like Steve, you know, and Steve's an anti-Semite on top of everything else. And I just think that's one of the more funny things about his uh, relationship with somebody like the rabbi. What do you think is going to
0: happen now with him? You think that he's going to a, testify, be forced to, or it winds up getting dropped because they don't want to well, go down the political route.
1: He's definitely got the goods on Donald Trump. Definitely. There's something there maybe related to the Russians or something like that. You don't get a pardon from Donald Trump unless he thinks he's got, someone's got the gun to shoot Donald totally. Trump. So definitely. Roger Stone got the pardon. Steve Bannon got the pardon. Other people did not get pardons. Uh Paul Manafort got a pardon. You see what I mean? Sure. And so, so Steve is a cocky guy. He thinks uh that he can avoid this subpoena. They're gonna hold him in contempt. Remember, he could have gone and just said, I plead the fifth every five seconds. Absolutely. Uh the only thing that would have gotten admitted into evidence are the documents. They get admitted into evidence anyway. You have limited Fifth Amendment rights related to your documents, you know, in the discovery of them. So I think he's made, you know, a mistake here. But then again, it's Steve Bannon. He's got a card up his sleeve. When Steve Bannon was arrested in the summer of 2020 on the yacht uh, in the middle of Long Island Sound for absconding money uh, from people to build his quote-unquote wall, and he should have gone dead to rights to jail, and Trump pardoned him, I think Steve's got things up his sleeve. I would never underestimate the diabolical cunning Nature of Steve Bannon. Should he be in jail? Yes. Do I want him in jail? I do. Not that I wish anybody poorly, but I want to save our society, and people like Steve Bannon are a scourge on our society, and they need to be handled.
0: What What do you think he's got, and other people have? I don't, I don't know. It's not fear, right? But like, why are they so intimidated by Donald Trump at this point? that
1: oh I don't think I don't think Steve's intimidated by Donald Trump Steve is Steve sees himself as a hand and Donald Trump as his hand puppet right Steve you know in the book Maestro he fed all that bullshit to the Bloomberg guy he was trying to let the Bloomberg guy know that it's not Donald Trump it's me I'm the Svengali right which is basically a bunch of nonsense Trump carried everybody myself included over the finish line in 2016. And there was one person that beat Donald Trump in 2020, and you guys know who that is, Donald Trump. Sure. You know what a dick bruise is? Let me tell you what a dick bruise is. <laughs> you take the gun out, and you're trying to blow off your fucking left foot, and you hit the tip of your, your dick every fucking day. <laughs> and a gun comes out, you shoot the fucking gun, it hits your dick, and then blows off your foot. Okay, and Trump did that every day of 2020. There wasn't a day that went by where he didn't bruise his dick, uh, shooting his dick every day, and so miraculously he lost the election by a mere forty thousand votes. Right, he should have won that election, you know. And and by the way, if the if the Democrats aren't careful, he's going to win again. You know, they got to (laughs) get careful. They got to get more vigilant
0: right I so mean, where do you where do you stand in, in all this right because you were obviously a lifelong republican and then all the happened i'm
1: a garden yeah. variety republican i'm an adam kissinger liz cheney mitt romney republican right i am a new yorker so i don't i'm agnostic about people's lives okay i want john to go live a great life i i, I, I want people i laugh at these conservative republicans So let me get this straight. You want a smaller government everywhere but my bedroom. You want a larger government in my bedroom. What are you guys doing? It's a bunch of nonsense. Okay, so I want to end the hypocrisy, and I want people to live free. I think it's, uh, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I don't think that's just for straight people. Totally. I think that's for everybody. And so I believe in diversity. Um, You know, uh, Italians weren't treated well when they came into the country, uh, but we were given a shot um you know franklin roosevelt's cousin teddy roosevelt he said that we were to be treated as non-caucasian for immigration purposes in 1904 he passed legislation to say that that's fine i get it i am not i'm not a whiner or complainer i just want a shot i want an opportunity i want black and brown people asians you pick the color sex orientation the religion i want everybody to get a fair meritocratic shot Um, And I think the Republicans are losing their way if they haven't lost their way. They've decided if you're white, we'd like you to vote. If you're not white, we don't want you to vote because black and brown people are now making up a majority of the demography and we're going to have black and brown people running the government and we don't want that. So we're going to figure out ways to prevent you from voting. And so I'll tell you what I do want, though. Can I show you something? i what yeah. I'll tell you what I do want. I want Stacey Abrams to run the Mets. See, <laughs> because Stacey Abrams, she's a stud. Okay, she's a total boss. Okay, Stacey Abrams got nailed by Brian Kemp and the white supremacists. She probably won the election, but you know the way they counted the votes and all the shenanigans, you know. Right. Um. And so she said, oh, "Okay, I got it. I got it. Black people got to wait online for two days to vote. I got it." And so she did a number on those guys. They weren't ready for Stacey and her organizational skills. And she beat Donald Trump in Georgia. She knocked out the two senators in Georgia. Um, And so that's why they had to go out and sign all of that voter suppression legislation, which sent the all-star game to Colorado you know because the the All-Star game Coca-Cola they can't tolerate that they've got sure. uh, black and brown people on their boards and they've got black and brown people running around the baseball diamond what are you going to do you're going to tell those people well you know we're we're siding with the white supremacists yeah. you know right. so well look at me look at me Stacy if you listen to these guys if you listen, <laughs> right here Stacy we need help We'll make sure it we comes, get
0: her the note. We'll sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll make sure. John
1: and Greg, please call <laughs> Stacy Abrams. We need her to run the Mets. We'll win the World Series.
2: Anthony, how do you feel about those that want to seek public service now? Though I mean, it's a, it's a very. I mean, listen, we've we've pulled back the curtain of uh, of hundreds of years of kind of politics. Now, um, what is what is your, what are your thoughts to somebody uh, like, for example, Greg right next to me is running for town council. Uh, and we're so excited for him, but like, what would you give him as an advice to kind of, uh, to, as to be his platform as to, as to what he's, why he's running.
1: It's a full-time job town council, or you can. No, do your, no, no. no. Well, yeah. So it's a little bit of a different job, sort of a hybrid job. You know, he's a volunteering probably. And he's probably overseeing, you know, laws in the town. Yeah. And, you know, Greg's a straight up decent human being and, Greg is, well, I mean, you put it this way, he's authentic, he's authentic, he might okay. be nuts, he might be nuts, but at least- He's, he's somewhat seen. damaged, somewhat yeah, damaged. He might be nuts and damaged, but you can see him coming a mile away, you know? that was my problem in Washington, right? I, I did that press conference that day, There was probably 50 million people watching, I got off the podium, and my phone rang, and I'm not going to tell you who it was, but it's a name you'd recognize, and the guy said to me, that was a disaster, and I said, what are you talking about? I thought it went pretty well. He goes, oh, no, come on. Are you crazy? You can't talk like that in Washington. You can't tell people the truth of what's going on. I've got I've got congressmen calling me. He was an oppo research for the Republicans. They were like, okay, what do we got on this guy? We got to knock him out of that seat. You know, And so, you know, Greg is going to be ahead of his time because I predict what happens is authenticity will be back in vogue and problem solving and pragmatism will be back in vogue, and the polemics that we're witnessing right now will burn themselves out. I don't see this going forever. It's too exhausting. And there's too big of an entrepreneurial opportunity as a politician to come in and break the current logjam of nonsense, you know? And so that's what I'm hoping, you know, and we'll see. But my recommendation to Greg is just be himself, you know? and And when he gets the job, Don't focus on ideology, focus on practicality. What is the right thing to do? Not the left or right thing to do. Let's measure these things by right or wrong, as opposed to left and right, and do the right thing. And that's it. And if you do that... It, it, do that, even if you lose the election. Who cares? You know, Scaramucci like, is
2: stumping for you right now. How great! Cra- well, how awesome is that? I well, love
0: it. I, I do want to say this. This is my fourth time running, and so far, I can't. I, my three times, I've come in dead last. Okay. Second to last. Last time I came in two from because you you win like there's multiple people run and win in, in, in a district. I lost by two people. So now. I think I actually have a solid chance to win because in the last 15 months, the district that I'm in
1: mm-hmm.
0: has had a su- significant changeover and swing from R to D.
2: Are you guys blue lining? Are you and, blue lining over there? What does well, blue it, lining? What does that mean? Oh, uh, it's a, well, red lining. It's gerrymandering the other oh, way. I see, right, oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I see. No, what I mean is yeah, that's, the, that's with the word.
0: you know the influx of people that have moved into my district from the city and you know basically Manhattan and then the people that in my district have moved to like Florida and you know Texas it's just flip-flopped the voting register so it just increased my chances of winning just based on that so we'll see you know we'll see what happens it's well I mean
1: here's what I applaud you for you've run a couple of times you've lost a couple of times and you're staying in the game and (laughs) I love that I think that's exactly where we have to be. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I absolutely love that.
0: So not not to bring it down but did you like after, you know, the election in November, did you see coming what ultimately came in January? Like did you anticipate um, that? I, I anticipated
1: I anticipated alongside of Michael Cohen and others that Trump was not going to go quietly into the night. Right. I anticipated that he was going to do disruptive things. I didn't see the magnitude of that coming. I also didn't understand the apathy associated with that. I, I I didn't see the this guy Kevin McCarthy, who should change his name to Joe McCarthy. Sure. I mean, I, I mean the guy's a complete jackass. And I knew Kevin, and I raised money for Kevin, and I've had lunch with Kevin, and Kevin has spoken at my events, and I am astonished at Kevin McCarthy. Okay, because a real leader would have been doing what Liz Cheney did. So you know, said, okay, this is un conscionable and these people need to be prosecuted and you had an election that was fair and square and you lost the election so let's stop the nonsense okay and so you know i was surprised by it but you know it happened i didn't think it was going to be to the extent that it happened i thought trump was going to give people a hard time i knew trump was never going to concede i knew trump was never going to help joe biden you know Trump doesn't care about anybody but Trump. And so, you know, there's a vulnerability between election day and January 20th. And you have to help the other team get ready. Bush's team in 2001, they weren't ready because they were fighting it out with Al Gore. uh, And they probably missed several intelligence briefings. And then lo and behold, we get 9-11. We've just had a 20-year war that wasted trillions of unnecessary dollars. So... So to me, you know, that's Donald Trump. He don't care about you. He don't care about me. He cares about him. And that's it. He's an asymmetrical guy. And uh, I'll just say this to you. I'm out of politics right now. I mean, I'm back at CNBC. I'm focused on my business. I'm raising money for my funds. I'm, I'm developing conferences. I'm on, the, on, on your show. But I will say this. Okay, he runs again. I'm getting right back in there. Right. I mean, I think you I'll definitely... Be in there. I'll, be in there. I'll be in there slugging it out because he is a systemic danger to our democracy. He's an awful human being. The, the guy that fired me, General Kelly, uh, who's a great American, I've become best friends with him. Um, and, and I'll say this to you guys. The only people that spoke up were not affiliated with Trump, meaning they had their own wealth or they had their own careers. Uh, you know, the ass kissers from Goldman Sachs, like Mnuchin and Gary Cohen, they didn't tell the truth. Sure. But Everybody else did. If you were tied to Trump politically, or you were making money off of Trump, of course you didn't. But if you weren't uh, like me, Mattis, Kelly, Tillerson, you know, we all we all did that. You know right. what I mean?
0: Well, listen, man, I, you know, certainly, you know, the country and and people who pay attention definitely owe you and those guys like a, a tremendous, you know, thank you. Because without guys like you really speaking up and you know, speaking your mind and and telling the truth to the people that are willing to listen to it. You know, things could have been real different. You know, you definitely put yourself out there a lot. You know, election time. To I real, agree
2: with you. I mean, I have really, to mention. you
0: know, bring bring stuff out and just kind of speak your mind, and that's super admirable and risky. You know, you get putting putting yourself, oh, listen, and family, everything me, on the line.
1: cost me money. People, uh, you know, cost me. I get death threats. You lose oh. half the country. Right. I was at an event this morning and someone said, well, you're, you're still on our side, right? You know, the guy's watching Fox News like this and he's unvaxxed and he's, you know, I said, am I on your side? I'm on America's side. I don't know if I'm on your side. Right. Right. I'm on America's side. I'm not going to split America. The first name of America is United. United. <sighs> I don't hear this first name being disunited. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't hear the white only states of America <laughs> or the straight only states of America. I don't hear that. I hear the I mean, United I, was, States of America. When you know? kind
2: of flipped a little bit, not flipped, but when you, uh, well, well, after after you kind of uh, came, I, I guess, out and were like, this guy's fucking crazy. Uh, there was a lot of me that was really excited to see somebody like you of your stature to do that. And I was excited. And, you know, I am, uh, I, I, I think—I uh, think I've think i said this on the podcast, that I'm a Republican as well. Uh, but I wasn't a Trump person. I have to agree with you. I am, you know, I love Liz Cheney. You know, I was a big John Kasich fan um, as well. So uh, seeing you kind of like break away from that, it kind of gave me hope. Um, I do want to ask you a little bit. Uh, I romanticize Washington still, all right? I watch the West Wing. I watch, you know, things like Madam Secretary and shit like that. Was there a feeling when you were in that West Wing in that White House of the history and, and the mark that you were making? Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Well, be, be be more specific.
2: What do you mean? Well, just John? to walk the halls of it. I oh, mean, okay. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, there has Hello. to be this I'll, feeling of like amazement. They're like, "Wow."
1: I'll tell you something that uh, actually humanizes Trump. Okay, as much as I dislike him, he is a human being. And my first day was July twenty first, two thousand seventeen, and after he kicked Bannon and Priebus out of the Oval Office and told them that he knew that they were the leakers and he wanted me to report directly to him because he didn't want previous's filth on me. You probably heard some of that at the Rabbi Shmuley event. Um, Trump looked over at me. I looked over at Trump. I looked at him. I looked up at the ceiling and on the ceiling fellas, there's a plaster of Paris of the presidential seal on the ceiling. I looked up at it and I said, uh, Mr. President, I said, you're, we're sitting here in the oval office. You're behind the resolute desk. I said, my heart's going pitter-patter a little bit. Um, Is your heart going pitter-patter or or has it gone pitter-patter? And he was very honest, and I respect that in him. He said to me, yes. He said, when I first got behind the desk on the first day, I was like, oh, my God, I'm the president of the United States. You know, and he was getting his footing, and then somebody called him from the protocol area, and they said, "Uh, you know, Mr. President, the North Portico, you're in about 10 minutes, sir, you're going to be greeting the prime minister of England, Theresa May. And he put the phone down. He's like, okay, I'm actually the president of the United States. I got to go greet the prime minister. And he got up and he walked out, right? And what he said to me, and this is human, right? This is human because we're all human. He said, you know, I was nervous. He said, and I know you're nervous, Anthony, but let me tell you what's going to happen. There's so much work to do that this is going to be another office to you in a couple of days. It's just going to be another office. And while it never got old, I'm not suggesting that, the intensity of it, you started to forget about the trappings of it. Does that make sense? When you're boarding yeah. Air Force One, right? you see the majesty of it and you're in love with it. But then you the see the Roosevelt is, Room, the Blue yeah,
2: Room, yeah. things in, like in, that. And you
1: know, the flip side is you're like, okay, I got to go do a meeting and I'm going to be in the Roosevelt Room. So I'm going to do, do a conference call in the Roosevelt Room. You, see, you so see what wrong. I mean? Yeah,
2: I mean, so, I, I, I or, or
1: I'm standing Surely. at the White House press box where presidents have stood right. and I'm taking questions from the press. So, so to me, yes, I don't want to take away any of the majesty of it and it'll never get old for me and I love my country and I'll always be in awe of it. But I will tell you what happens is what happens in any place that you ever are. You got to do the work. And once you start doing the work, you're in the throes of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So and of course, I, then I got my ass fired. And then was just, you know. that was a
0: heck of 12 days. So 11. It was 11. 11 sorry. I love the
1: fact that you're trying to give me extra days. I always use extra days. <laughs> I, I just, know, say I don't 10, know. And, you, you know, that hurts my
2: feelings. You know what I mean? So,
0: but, I mean, I, I, you know, I know you don't have a ton of time to spend with us, but what You know, you've had an intense, I mean, everyone's had an intense 18 months, but you've had an intense more than 18 months. And I'm sure building your business to what you built it to every single day leading up to all that was intense, right? Mm -hmm. The last year and a half has been a little different with intensity. So, what are you doing to just chill out? I mean, I see guitars, I see comic books and Ali in the background. Like, what do you do to like decompress and just go chill? Is it hang out in the Hamptons and just look at the beautiful water and place some fire. You, know,
2: you smoke a
1: little? No, no, I don't know. But
2: ah.
1: I'm, sure, I'm sure at least one of my kids is like smoking a fucking plantation. <laughs> I just like to get it down to an acre. But, I, you know, I don't smoke. I rarely drink. It's not for me. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm doing what I love. You know, I am a reader. I wrote this book recently, The Sweet Life with Bitcoin, available on Amazon. And by the way, it's an international bestseller. And if you don't believe me, I could take you into the warehouse over here where I bought every <laughs> one of my <them>, right? <laughs> I don't think anyone ever bought one of my books. But, you know, I write, I do podcasts, I go on lecture tours. Uh, I spoke by Zoom in Australia last night. Um, I'll be in the Middle East this coming week. Wow. Um, and I have to leave shortly because I have to go get a COVID test related to that. Yep. Right. And, you know, what I would say to you guys is I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. Uh, David Rubenstein is a friend of mine. He used to be the CEO of Carlisle. He's now retired. I visited him on the island of Nantucket a few years back, and he had this beautiful house on the bluff. And I walked up to the front door of the house to ring the bell, and there was a sign on the house that said, Rather be working. <laughs> and I laughed because <laughs> so here it is this beautiful multi million dollar house on the bluff overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. Right. But this guy's letting you know, hey, man, you know, I like working. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I like working. You know, I like being here. I like collaborating with this team. I like uh, seeing if I can help my employees uh, scale their lives and their, make them more money and give them more professional growth. And I like doing that for myself, you right. know, and I accidentally got into the politics because, remember, I didn't have a network. You know, I grew up in a blue-collar neighborhood, so my entree into the very wealthy was through the political scene. Right. I was writing checks for Rudolph Giuliani, in 1989, when he lost that election, I wrote him a $250 check, you know, but I liked Rudy back then. He's gotten crazy today, but, you know, (laughs) the point being is that like that opened the door for me. I didn't, I I, I made too big of a leap from entrepreneurship into the political spotlight, which was ill, ill suited for me, you know, and I have to own that, you know, that's a lesson for your listeners and for your viewers. Don't, don't let your pride and ego get in the way of the decision making. You know, you know, don't, don't do that to yourself because when it happens and you oh you know, my wife hated Donald Trump almost as much as Melania hates him. I mean, and that's, a, that's like way up there, you know, and she told me not to do it, Yeah. you know, and, I, did. and wow. I, and I didn't listen, you know, and that's my pride. That's my ego. That, that's me saying, oh, you know, I'm a blue collar kid. I built a couple of successful businesses. I went to Tufts and Harvard Law School. I'm going to go work for the American president. But he's a nut job. You know what? I'm going to choose to override that because I want it to fit my narrative. Does that make sense to you guys? 100%. I have to to own that. And I'll I'll own that for the rest of my life. But I also like talking about it because there's someone listening to your podcast. And I would rather them learn that from me than have to go through the torturous situation that I went through in 2017, you know? It's fun to talk about now, but let me tell you, when I was getting fired and lit up by the press and pilloried on the late night comedy and rolled in broken glass, it oh, wasn't, you were
2: great. You were great material for it, a lot it, of people. It, it so wasn't. You it, yeah, of course. It, it wasn't easy. Right. I mean, yeah. I want to. I want to just kind of swing this a little bit. Let's let's get out of this. But we, we talked. You know, you like to work you're regularly. Iacocca here. But what about food, Anthony? You were an Italian American. Yeah. I mean. What are we talking about on a Sunday here? What, what's 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 on the buffet at the Scaramucci house?
1: Well, I love everything, you know. So okay. I'm a am carb, a carbohydrate addict, you know, and I love everything. Um, but I would say to you that my family of origin, it was pasta and meatballs one PM Sunday. Yep. And I would say my current family, it's 5 30 at the local restaurant Sunday. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, Did you miss and that, anything? Just, is it,
2: no, I mean Is there the, home cooking the that you miss? Is,
1: no, the you know, the, the point being is we do my wife is a great home cook, but Sundays are now probably eat out day and probably the week mm. is probably cooking in. But, you know, for me, I love everything. And uh, when I go to up uptown up on East Harlem and, you know, I don't have a table there, but sometimes my friends will lend me one of their tables. I have to tell you, I feel like I'm in my Nana's kitchen, you know, it it smells the same, it tastes the same, you know, and and it's a great, it's a great thing to do. And so, yeah, no, I love food. I'm obviously uh, could always drop a few pounds, but the flip side of it is. You know, your talent, you know, remember this, okay? I'll leave you guys with this one thought from Mel Brooks. Relax. None of us are getting out of here alive. <laughs> That's the truth, right? It's 100% so enjoy And my man, John, listen to yes. this. Yes. Live your true yes. self, my man. If you get one thing from me, right or wrong, I'm living my true self. I own my bullshit. I am who I am. I don't try to be somebody that I'm not. And uh, and I get the pressure on you. Trust me, I have a lot of empathy for the pressure on you. Uh, but I'm reaching out to you to tell you live your true self, because if you live your true self, you're going to be infinitely happier. Just like that kid behind me who walked on stage here, uh, and he's a very close personal friend of my sons, and I love that kid to death. He's the hardest working guy I know, and he's happily engaged to his boyfriend. And he's living his true life the way he was designed. You know, it wasn't. I didn't choose my sexuality. I have an outdoor plumbing fixture. I like indoor plumbing, but I didn't fucking choose that. Okay, you know, I could have ended up liking out, outdoor plumbing. Who the hell knows? You know? I haven't and heard that. Haven't, that. That's good. And, you know, I but like you that. know, but 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 that's me. I don't, yeah. but you, I'm, I, I don't think anybody should judge me for that proclivity. That's part of my biological design. You know, any more than anybody should judge anybody else for their their proclivities. Anyway, you don't need to hear that shit from me, but I'm saying it to you. Appreciate it. I'm saying it to you out of a lot of love. Thank I'm you. Saying man. it to you with a lot of compassion for you. All I right. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank right, you so guys, much. You guys be Thanks. well. Thanks, All Anthony. Right? You Hopefully, too. we'll do this again. Yeah, for Sounds sure. That's good. All right. God bless. Thanks, Later.
0: Safe trip.